while I was working at this facility, I was very fortunate that the people I got to work with had 20 plus years of experience in everything. I was such a, I was a baby. I was 16 years old when I started there. And so they took me under their wing, taught me everything there was to learn about the kitchen and food. And I couldn't afford college because they kept pressuring me. You got to go to school. You got to go to school. I'm like, guys, you want me to be in debt like my parents? Because I've seen them struggle their entire life. You want me to sign up for that camp? No, thank you. I'm not going to go to college. If I, if I had a choice, I want to go study business. I want to be a successful businessman. And so they said, no, Z, we want you to go to culinary school because we see potential in you. And so they had hopes and dreams that I would become a very successful chef. And I even had a dream one day of having my own food network show. I thought that would be super cool. But that show did never happen. <laughs> but I did, I did go to school. So I gave them the stipulation of if they paid for all of my college, I would go. They agreed. What are you doing to create your dream life or your best self? Why do we see some thrive through challenges while others struggle? Welcome to Effort, a podcast where I talk about the main Fs in my life that have helped me in creating my best self. Faith, family, forgiveness, food, fitness, and formula. Hi, my name is Amy Ledeen, and most would say that I've had my fair share of struggles, whether it was placing my baby for adoption at 18, Facing my marriage-ending affair or battling stage four cancer for almost seven years, it's safe to say that I've been through a lot. Join me as I take you through my story, my journeys, and share with you the tactical strategies every single week that will help you thrive and overcome anything you face. That's right, I'm gonna show you how to create a future self that you'll be proud of. So buckle up, get ready for the ride as I take you through my story and bring other guests on that have helped me along the way. Today's guest is going to blow you away. He has an incredible story. We actually hit record so quick that I knew I needed to come back. So it might even sound a little bit fragmented and that's because I hit record and I wanted us to get going. But today I have Z Ali on my podcast and I could not be more excited for you guys to hear from him. So let me rewind. I actually found Z through Instagram. We were both doing 75 hard at the same time. And he was just this habit tracker and he knew all the brain hacks and it was amazing. Like he would share things with me that I'm like, I've got to learn from this guy. And then when I learned his story, he immigrated from Pakistan. He's a first generation American. And his story, like I said, is going to blow you away. I thought that this was going to be a message of, you know, hardworking and confidence, but it was also like having belief and unwavering belief in self. So he is the owner of Z Swag and he has, his story is going to really excite you to see the perseverance and just what it took to build his million dollar brand selling clothing items. He calls himself, he is the janitor as well. And that will make more sense as you listen to his story. So I cannot wait for you to tune into this one. Welcome, Z. You know what? This is really what I want this podcast to be, and that is just real. So welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, man, we're going to jump like right into it. So so Z and I met through, and I couldn't remember if it was RT or 75 Hard, but I knew it was, you know, you and I had met through Andy Frazella in some way, you know, shape or form. And I think that's kind of important because I do think we'll get into a lot of discipline and stuff today. But we met through that and I immediately was like, I loved his productivity tracking and just, I mean, I'm such a data person anyways with that, that 
him and I just hit it right off with like talking about, you know, habit tracking and things like that. Um, so did I do that pretty well, Z? Yeah, that works. Yeah, I think it was 75 Heart and Arte both. We met at the event, the live event, and then we both kind of were being accountable or keeping each other publicly sharing our journey during that. Yes, yes. Well, I'm going to let you share part of your story, but some of the the cliff notes that I want my audience really to know is, I mean, one, you immigrated from Pakistan, you know, you're a first generation American during college, your side hustle is what became your business today, Z Swag. So talk me through that, like from what did you, let's, let's, let's take it from, I mean, moving here. Sure. So I was lucky enough to be born in the U.S., but my parents, uh, they immigrated from Pakistan. And so I'm, I'm lucky to be born here. It's such a privilege. You know, we are in the greatest country in the world. Um, and so for me, I grew up just watching my parents work all the time, just always working. I really thought we were just the poorest family in America because I just I don't remember. I don't have a memory of uh, my father not working ever. He's always working. And so I think that kind of engraved into my soul that you need to work all the time and, and work hard. And that we did have some rough times. You know, we lived in a small apartment, infested with roaches, infested with mice. I remember a time my brother and I would catch them in the, in the mice trap, the sticky little traps. And we knew that they were strong enough to peel off. And so we would take a broom. Yeah, it's disgusting. We didn't know better. And we would ensure that they wouldn't peel off of there. Um, it wasn't fun uh, when mom and dad came home from work. But I started my journey as an entrepreneur at a very young age. As I sold cigarettes at 13, 14 years old on the west side of Chicago for 50 cents a piece, three for a dollar if you came before four o'clock. I sold illegal bootleg movies and music. I'm not proud of that. Uh, as, as an adult now, that is wrong. I shouldn't be stealing other people's, uh, you know, hard work there. But it's been, it's been a journey. No doubt. I mean, I remember when you were telling me some of your story and just, you know, because one thing I did learn through RTA and 75 Hard is, you know, all of us have had a struggle. In fact, I think that most high achievers these days, like they've got something that people just, they don't see it. They don't see all the struggle because they just see, you know, the, oh, life is good on, you know, IG or whatever, which is why I'm happy that we dove right into, hey, we have so-so days. But, um, you know, you really, you've gone through the struggle. And I think that's probably why I connect so well with you because you are so great with your relationship equity, like your relationship, like you're so good at that. And I think that you value that obviously, but take me through, like, so you go to college, what did you think you wanted to do? So before I even went to college and I didn't really have the opportunity, I wanted to go to business school. So what ended up happening was I was working at my parents' restaurant on the West side of Chicago and I was helping, you know, fill up the pop machine. I was very proud of that. I never let an empty spot in that machine <laughs> since I was 12. And while I was there, I learned quite a bit working with people and, and managing and taking orders and just helping out. And so I ended up getting a, a job eventually as a busboy at a, it's a Hyatt facility. It was owned by Hyatt. It was called Classic Residence by Hyatt, upscale luxury senior living. And I was there as a busboy, got quickly promoted to a server there. And eventually I begged my way into the kitchen by becoming the dishwasher because someone had called off on a busy Friday night. And I was so proud to go become the dishwasher because that meant I got to put on a chef uniform. And I never went back to the front of the house. And I was 
so happy to wash dishes. Everyone remembers me singing that entire night. I was just so proud to wash dishes. And so while I was working at this facility, I was very fortunate that the people I got to work with had 20 plus years of experience in everything. I was such a, I was a baby. I was 16 years old when I started there. And so they took me under their wing, taught me everything there was to learn about the kitchen and food. And I couldn't afford college because they kept pressuring me. You got to go to school. You got to go to school. I'm like, guys, you want me to be in debt like my parents? Because I've seen them struggle their entire life. You want me to sign up for that camp? No, thank you. I'm not going to go to college. If I, if I had a choice, I want to go study business. I want to be a successful businessman. And so they said, no, Z, we want you to go to culinary school because we see potential in you. And, and this was closer to my senior year of high school. And I had competed in a lot of food competitions. And lucky enough, I had won a lot of them, first or second place, always. And so they had hopes and dreams that I would become a very successful chef. And I even had a dream one day of having my own food network show. I thought that would be super cool. But um, that show did never happen. <laughs> but I did, I did go to school. So I gave them the stipulation of if they paid for all of my college, I would go. They agreed. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, so you, join, you, you go to school, but you're still really wanting to do the side hustle? Is I, that... I wanted to have a business. I didn't know what or what it could be. I would ask everybody and, and I just couldn't figure it out. So I went to culinary school while uh, that, that was the, the offer, full scholarship. I was lucky I had like 12 plus scholarships, so much money. I could have went to any cooking school in the country. I said, send it to the local community college. So I applied at one school, got accepted, didn't do orientation, nothing, just showed up there. And uh, a couple months into school, I think they ended up uh, hiring me in my first or second semester to teach. Um, I had my own independent classes as a student instructor. But while I was there, I started sourcing chef coats, the uniforms that we would wear from the local right. market. A friend of mine approached me with the idea of, hey, Z, I know you're the guy that can help sell these. And he knew I was the guy because I was probably selling candy or bootleg music or juices. I remember I was selling juices out of my trunk at one point. And so he brought me this chef coat. And these were chef coats that were defective. They had failed quality control in Guatemala. And so the owner of this factory did not want these coats to go in the landfill. So he would import them and they would go to some guy at the flea market where we would then buy, the, buy these chef coats from them. And my mom and I would take them home and spray them down, wash them, fix them. They were just slight imperfections, nothing that a normal person would ever catch. And then I would fill up my duffel bag, go classroom to classroom at the culinary school every single day. I would build that relationship, that relationship equity with my professors, with the director of the program, get his blessings. I would make flyers on Microsoft Word. I would do a full out presentation to each and every classroom at the start of every single semester for the first four and a half, five years of my business. And I would take orders. And then after I got the orders, I would go to the flea market to figure out if God willing, they had the size this kid needed, the student needed. Then my mom and I would wash that, fix it, iron it, fold it, put it back in the plastic bag, and then go hand deliver it. And we would have like post-it notes we'd put in each person's little plastic bag. And I would go classroom to classroom to deliver it and collect their payment. And so that was how it started. 
Okay. So I'm mind blown because as I am like listening to this, I'm flipping gears and I want my children to listen to this. Now adults are going to get a lot out of this, but here's the thing. I took some notes. Wow. Z, I already knew so much about you, but now I'm realizing you are very good at sales. You've been very good at sales since you were young, young, young. And see, my children right now are taking a class by Caleb Maddox. He's like a personal development course for kids, right? And it's so funny because right now they're learning to get good at sales, that you've got to be able to knock on doors and they teach you to do it, not selling anything, right? But I'm sitting here and as you're telling your story, I'm like, every single person better be listening in. Because here's the thing. Z has worked with brands like Sony, you know, Cricket, General Mills, Amex. Like, I mean, this is this is big stuff here. So I love to see where this came from and how, you know, you were from a young age, whether it was hustling or not, it was a form of sales and building up that relationship equity. Because I'll tell you what, if I ever needed anything in your in, in, in this area, guess who I'm coming to, right? So, whoa, you were a hustler because now I'm thinking of all the questions I want to ask you because I'm thinking this is going to inspire my kids. I mean, of course it's going to inspire adults, but wow. Okay. So then from there, so you obviously, you know, get these chef coats and this becomes a brand for you. When did Z swag, you know, come to fruition? So the thing that's super important that I want the audience to understand is you don't need the entire blueprint. I really want to hit eight figures in my business and then maybe nine figures, but I don't have the exact blueprint. I don't have a step-by-step -step guide. That doesn't matter. As long as I take another step forward, I'll start seeing the path. The problem is people get too scared, too chicken, and they don't even take the step. They're waiting for permission. Stop waiting for permission. Just go do it. Who cares if you fall on your face? I mean, I've ended up in the emergency room three times in my pursuit of chasing not, not only this revenue, it's not even the money. It's really, I want to hit this goal. Um, I, I, you know, I've been an entrepreneur, self-employed since I was 19 full time. I've never really had a corporate job or a cubicle job. I've been very lucky and blessed, but I've always been hustling. And I've been taking those risks, those steps forward each day to kind of get clearer on my path. Um, so I really wanted to share that. So to answer your question, from culinary school, how did I kind of expand out to building this Z-Swag uh, business? Yeah. So we started with one product, which was just a chef coat. And then I realized students were asking me for chef pants and then chef hats and then aprons and then knife sets and pastry sets and all these. I'm like, oh my God, they're asking for all these cool things. So then of course I go back to the guy at the flea market. And I'm like, hey man, I need pants. I need this, I need that. And so I started sourcing these things, but I was so frustrated because he couldn't get me the good stuff, the stuff I didn't need to wash with my mom. I mean, I remember a time where we were, we were getting enough business where we bought a pallet, a full pallet of stuff. And the condition was that he wouldn't let me check anything on site because normally I would go on site, open up a bag, kind of be sure it's, it's acceptable and I could kind of finish it off and make it look presentable before I sell it. He's like, no, you take the whole pallet. Here's the flat rate. So he sold me the pallet by the weight instead of per the piece. So I got a better deal. Unfortunately, 80% of them were all bad, stained with red. So my mom and I spent all day, all night, spraying them down, letting them soak, washing them, drying them, doing that whole thing. And so my challenge was I needed to find the factory. Gosh darn, where is he getting it from? And so I remember watching movies and 007, like, well, I'll put a tracer underneath this van and I'll find out where his source is. And I, that was my thought. But I was like, man, where am I going to get this thing from? I have like little to no money. Where am I going to find this thing? So I eventually secretly followed. In Whoa. my car, 
So I followed him uh, and we arrived 45 minutes outside of the city to the suburbs. We arrived at a facility, a storage facility, a U-Haul facility. And that was the factory that I thought it would be. It was just a warehouse where he would store all these items on racks. And so oh. over, for over a year, I constantly go there directly and built enough of a relationship where I didn't need to follow him. I knew where he was and I needed stuff so frequently. I couldn't wait till Saturday or Sunday when he, whenever he went to the flea market. But I would always be looking into the window. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I was hoping there'd be an invoice in his passenger side seat where I could just get the name of the factory. And, and this factory hides their name because they don't want to work with just any random person. They want to work with people who are in the business of doing uh, buying and selling apparel specifically for hospitality for chefs. And so it took me a long time to find the factory. And the day I did, I opened up I opened up my my account with them. And I recall paying my first purchase order, first order with them with three different credit cards. And the rep on the phone couldn't comprehend that because the order was less than $1,500. But my credit limits were like $300, it, they were so low. I didn't have any credit. But ever since that first order, we became one of their best number ones buying clients. Um, and, and they were our number one supplier for many, many years. And since then, we've pivoted to a lot of different verticals. So it's not just uniforms, it's merchandising across all verticals. That is so incredible. And just to see that you did really start from nothing. I mean, you don't have to have thousands of dollars. Like, I mean, you're resourceful, obviously very. And, and, and don't take that lightly listening. I mean, he followed a car, like success leaves clues and the people that are willing to go above and beyond, they become the memorable ones. And I think that's where you probably in business stand out just because I think of all the people that I came across during 75 hard, it's not just coincidence that there's probably three people I remember conversing with and you were one of them. You know what I mean? So let's go into, because I know you're big into habits and, you know, you made a really good point when you mentioned the money. And I want to say this because while yes, chasing, you know, I, you said, I want to be an eight figure. It's more of what it represents. I'm sure that you would agree with me. Yeah. And I want my audience to know that because if you knew Z and how much he gives back and how he wants so many people to win, he, you know, his conversations with me really taught me that it's, you really enjoy the goal it's, it's the journey of the goal. Like I love setting my goals in my, the, the app that we both use, I think streaks, you know, I, it's, it's just, that's, what's fun for me day to day. So talk me through how long have you been habit tracking? So I would say that I've been fairly consistent or at least mindful and self-aware of habits and tracking for the last at least three years. And I think it was triggered at a conference I attended from a, a company, a design company called Design Pickle, where but the, the root of that program was from uh, Warrior Week. I think it's warriorweek.com, where it's, it was a organization, a program built only for men, specifically married men. And they had this structure called Core Four. They gamified it. So you had to hit two points in each category every single day by 8 a.m., no later than, than 10 a.m. So uh, there's an area for business where you've got to learn something new every day. And then to get the second point, you got to teach something new that you learned that day. For your mind was the second category. You had to meditate and then you had to follow it up with writing with a physical pen and paper and journal. So that's another point. So they kind of gamified it for me for all four areas of life, even relationships. You got to do a love deposit to your partner, your girlfriend, your wife, your husband, or your kids. 
So you speak their love language and then mandatory date night once a week, no matter what, that was a, the third thing for that category. And so for me, what was attractive was the person who was, who was certified in teaching this. He was an eight figure entrepreneur. He's like, these are the things that will get you there. I'm like, I was trying to put the pieces together. Well, how does journaling get me to eight figures? How does it make me more money? And, and they kind of, they helped me understand that these were a lot of the routines and habits that helped these people get to that next thing. And it wasn't just me making another phone call or two phone calls to help sell my products or services. It was me finding the fulfillment in all the different areas of my life to help me get to the next level. Otherwise, maybe I'll burn out. Maybe I'll quit. I think most entrepreneurs just run out of the energy. Totally. I, you know, you nailed it because so many people are looking for the strategy even in a business coach. And I find that the things that have helped me the most with my business coach has been the mindset aspect of it. It's been like having more self-care, taking more time off, seeing, you know, outsourcing things that you shouldn't do. And that's all stuff that people are they're waiting for this like golden nugget to like make them the million dollars when really like, I think that's why I loved, you know, what you did and why I wanted you to come on is because you show that it, it, you know what, people might not look at as as sexy and exciting. I mean, that's why you have gamification and that's important, but it really is what makes you change. I mean, 75 hard, it's habits. It, and, and the people that had the really bad rebounds and, you know, I've talked to lots of them. It's because it didn't become who they were. It was just a program, right? Mm -hmm. And I think people do create businesses, start businesses for two reasons, to prove to themselves or prove to other people wrong. I, I think that's super powerful. And so for me, Andy specifically said on his Instagram, he said, 1% of you mother effers will actually get through this. And that pissed me off. I was pissed. I was like, I'm going to do this program. And not only am I going to do it, I'm going to make it way harder. I went and got a personal trainer, paid $150 a session, and I commuted all the way from Chicago into the suburbs an hour because I wanted to train with a certified pro bodybuilder that had a similar type physique as me who was shredded under like 8% body fat at the time of his shows around the same age and I could relate to him. So I did that. Not only did I do that, I did, I did, I did every therapy that I could possibly do because I needed to rest myself. So I, I that's what I did to recover because it's intense, but I wanted it to be even harder because I knew I could crush it. There's nothing, there's no program in the world that anyone can create that I cannot do that just doesn't exist. Like that's just the way I'm programmed. I love that. And I love how confident you were. And I will say that I bet my children would talk exactly like this. And I think that that is something like, I mean, you, you have to have that confidence. You're not going to make it to the big goals, especially like you trying to take it to that next level. I remember between six and seven figures that, 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 that identity shift. I mean, and I even would say things like this is not seven figure behavior, seven figure behavior. They don't, they don't sleep in, they don't hit snooze. They don't cheat on their, you know, like they just won't make it there. You might accidentally make it there short term, but it's kind of like a, the analogy of um, the lottery winner, you know, like you, there's people that lose it. And I used to always wonder how they could now I totally get it. Cause it's like fat loss. If you don't change who you are, you'll gain that weight right back. It has to be, you know, habits. So let's talk about some of your daily habits, because I always like to ask this, you know, I'm big on like morning routine. Talk me through what, it, what it's like for you. Sure. So the very first habit that I have, it's called a tiny habit and it's my favorite. I learned this from a good friend of mine, uh, David, and it's called a Maui habit. And so the Maui habit is as you're getting off of your bed and as your feet hit the floor every morning, 
what you say out loud or to yourself or to your partner is today is going to be an awesome day, no matter if the day looks stressful. So if that's the case, you say today is going to be an awesome day, even though fill in the blanks. That is my favorite habit that that sets the tone for my mood and behavior for the day. I kind of just calibrate my brain to know that today's going to be a good day, period. So my routine, I, I wake up really early. Um, I don't, I always tell people I'm not really that smart. I'm just willing to work extra hard. So alarm clock goes off at 345. I could lay around for 10 minutes. I'm up by four. Maui have it. Then I will go into doing my meditation, followed up with journaling, followed up with reading my affirmations. Those are critical. The stuff you feed your brain is important. I thought this was the dumbest thing in the world, but honestly, it makes the world a difference. Totally. So I, I read my affirmations uh, every single morning. Um, and recently I started even listening. There's a tool called selftalkplus.com. It's, it's just an audio that you put into your ears and you pick the type of problems. If you're trying to quit smoking or you're trying to lose weight, or if you're trying to stay focused or you have whatever goals you have, you basically click it and you have to listen to it for a minimum of 10 minutes every day, ideally while you're doing your stuff in the morning. But keep it on all the time because I think our brains need to be fed this positivity. And totally. everything I'm saying to you here sounded completely bizarre and stupid to me many years ago. I assure you, this like what self talk really? Yes, this stuff makes you have to rewire your brain. It needs to be rewired from your negative thoughts. If you've had a bad experience, you need to create a new experience that will triumph your bad experience. So this has to happen. What else do I do? Working out, that's critical. So if I can't get a full workout in, I'm doing some push-ups. I'm doing something. I'm moving my body. I have a stand-up desk, so I'm, I'm, I, I try to stand up, move around. Uh, another like a tip for high-performing uh, performers, are they move. They, there was a study done that said in 180 countries that high performers take a break or add movement during their schedule every 20 or 22 minutes. So shaking your legs jumping around push-ups because that gives you energy later for the end of the day for your kids, for your husband or wife. Um, so I'm very mindful of that. What else? My, my routines are so, they're so intense. There's so much stuff in here. So that's why I use the app here. I'm going to read through here. Yes. So meditate, journal, affirmations. I read my goals every morning. So in all four areas, not one area. So I look at business. I look at personal, I look at my relationships. I look at my health. What are my health goals? Do I want a six pack? What are, like, I look at that stuff. Every day, um, I make my love deposit to my girlfriend. What else do I do? Oh, I've got this app called Happy Feed that I absolutely love. And <laughs> no, I don't, I'm not connected with them, but it's basically a gratitude thing. So every day you, you put in what you're grateful for with visuals or just text. And I've learned that the more gratitude work that I do, the happier I am, period. Totally. And so I, I just, I love using that app every day. So th those are some of the core things that yeah. I do. Uh, I also do my a love deposit to my parents about every, almost every single day. I will wow. make it a point to call my mom and my dad or text them or do something, a video, a text, whatever it is. Cause I don't know how long they're going to be in this, on, on this planet. And I, my girlfriend, just the other day, she might kill me for saying this. She, she came to me crying and I was in the bathroom. I was like, what is wrong with you? And she, I was like, just, just open the door, just open the, just open the door. I'm literally sitting on the toilet. And she was crying. She's like, I only have seven summers left with my parents or 10 or it was just such a small number. And she had gone through some sort of exercise where it broke down the number of summers you have left with your parents or your partner. And it just 
So I think it's so critical for you to make those love deposits to those loved ones. You don't need to talk to your parents once a month, right? You can call them. It's so true. You know, Jesse Eitzler is, he, he has a famous speech about reversing, you know, your age. And we were at a, a mastermind and he was speaking at it and he was like, Hey, everybody in here, how old, you know, are your parents? And mine are 70 and 72, you know, and he's like, okay, so the average lifespan of your parent is yada, yada. He goes, so you have, you know, seven, he goes, seven years. He goes, how often do you see your parents? And I'm like, once a year, he goes, wow. So you have seven more times with your mom. And I'm like, Wow. It just, you know, it really hit me that I'm like, I don't think a lot of us even realize that. Now, one thing I love that you mentioned, you know, that you really made a point to to share here is notice how Z, the beginning of his day is all about him. It is all about how he can become better. He's not checking, you know, he didn't say he was out doing a report for work. He didn't get right on his computer. And I really like that because, I mean, I'm aligned the same way. I follow Robin Sharma's 202020. And that's, you know, first thing in the morning, it's always me giving to myself and learning something new and then, you know, depositing something into someone. And so I think it's important for people to see that, like, if there's one place that you can really change your life, it's getting up earlier so that you can create some time for yourself versus waking up and being reactive, right? Absolutely. I mean, don't take your phone to bed. I mean, if you look at your phone, if that's the first thing you're checking, you're welcoming stress into your life in the morning. But I love getting up so, so early because it's like quiet. It's peace. There's no one texting, calling, even though my phone's on silent. In fact, I have a rule. I don't even answer phones unless it's my mom. Unless it's on my calendar. If you're not booked on my calendar, good luck trying to reach me because I just don't care. You're not scheduled. I'm not going to let someone take my time. You have to book that time and agree to that schedule. So yes, I don't get on my emails because I know I'm going to get stressed out possibly, right? Something went wrong, blah, blah, blah. There's always fires and there always will be fires, but they can wait until 9, 10, whenever I'm ready. That's so good. That's so good. I know my husband, he doesn't check email till like 10 because he knows that he's had those experiences where he's checked it in bed and then that could set the tone. And then, you know, it's just no fun for, for you, you know, right. Because you're just not starting off. So I want to talk about you helping others and giving back because I really love that, you know, the other day you reached out to me actually after a podcast episode and you're like, Hey, I want to share this with you too. And it was an awesome, you know, you gave so many things in there and I thought, wow, here's someone that doesn't owe me anything, but it's just a passion for you, I think, to help. And you always want to share your, you know, hey, this is the app I use, or hey, check this out. Where does that come from? So I've realized that no matter how much money I make, and no matter anything, like what's the point of living life? Like for me, genuinely, if you gave me, a, like if I had all the money and everything in the world, like why do I need to stay alive? Like what am I going to do? What is my purpose here? And I'm, and I'm, it's like, it's not to sell swag and t-shirts and, and do my business. Like, but this is just my business is a platform. And I use that platform for good. I, I reinvest, I help, I do others. It gives me freedom. I get to uh, play the best video game in the world called business. And I love that video game. It's, it's just so fun and so real and so raw. And, and you know, so for me, I, I'm alive because I want to give back and help people. I want to help everyone. I, I, if I can help someone, I will. If someone makes a genuine effort and they need something, I will give it. Like if I just keep pouring and giving to others, I believe that with the law of reciprocity, people will give back. They will help others. And I don't necessarily need something all the time. I I, I want to give. Like it just it feels good. I guess in, in a way, I do it for myself. I do it because I selfishly want to feel good about giving to you. So 
<laughs> I love it. Law of reciprocity, guys. Okay, so I really, really experienced this a couple years ago when we joined Arte. Ironically enough, I had gone on a mission intentionally, like my word of the year was intention. And it was giving back. And my famous thing to say was, how can I add value to someone? Like, what could I do for that person? Because when we joined Arte, I felt really like inadequate. Like I'm like looking at some of these powerhouses and I'm like, I'm just a fitness coach. Uh, How do I do this? So I went into that game with, you know, 55 other men and only a few women. And I'm like, how am I going to get relationship equity? And so I actually even, you know, became friends with spouses. I offered to coach some of them for free. um, And I wanted to, I really wanted people to to do that. And the thing is, in return, I ended up getting a, a website offer for free to be built for me because I helped one of the wives. I got, I mean, I had so many crazy things happen and I didn't go in looking for that. I really went into it like, how can I help others? Because like you, we've been at the top where I've have a, I've had a Lamborghini. I've had a Ferrari. I've had an R8. I mean, you've seen it. I've had, I really could have anything that I want that doesn't make me happy. And once you have that, it's, you know, it's exciting for a little bit, but there's nothing like the chase of a goal. And that's why I love that you, you gamify things. You, you know, my day is a game. Like essentially, I, I tell I tell clients like my brain's a game and my day is a game. And it's literally like that's why I have characters that I play throughout the day. And it makes it so less threatening to the real me who just wants to sleep in. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, helping others like, you know, I know it's come genuine for Lee, for you, but you know, I know your passion is to to help others. Is it to the, to get them to the top in business? Is it just to find their happiness? Like, what are you on a mission for? So that's a great question. So in terms of like in, in general, I really want to help small businesses. Like that's just something I I I, I think eventually I'm going to pivot maybe more into consulting and helping small businesses because I'm a small business owner and I think small businesses just struggle so much because they just don't mm-hmm. under they don't they just don't know the game of business and if you don't know the rules and how everything works, it's hard to to succeed and get to where you want to go. And small businesses are the backbone of this country and. and just everywhere. I think small businesses help their local communities. They just put so much into helping themselves, their families. And I really want to help small businesses, but I help anybody, any entrepreneurs, founders, they need something. They ping me if I have resources or knowledge or kind of failed and fallen on my face, like the three times I went to the emergency room, I'm willing to help them so that they don't end up in the ER like I did. I want them to learn from my mistakes. I love that. I love it. And I, I know that it's genuine for you and anyone listening. I mean, you need to come follow Z and, um, you know, he'll definitely be messaging you with like, you know, tips. And and I love even just the conversation. You've always been very, very just real. And like you've sent a video, you know, I, I always appreciated that because in a world right now where we're so disconnected, we can actually feel really connected people if we're intentional about it. I mean, I've, I've, you know, there's a lot of people I haven't met in person that I feel like I could be friends with. And we are friends because that's kind of the way the world is working. And especially now it is important to continue those relationships, right? Absolutely. Got to bridge the gap. Well, I have loved this conversation. I I think I'm going to even have you come back on and specifically talk about some gamification with habits where we could make it even like a quick one where people will walk away because I don't think there's anyone like you that knows how to just gamify. And But this has been so inspiring. And I think it's not just for people like our age that are maybe wanting to start a business, which is so doable, or this next generation coming up. I know my kids are going to be like, yes, I need to keep 
being good at sales. I mean, you know, I hope you take a lot away from this that, you know, you really see how to get to the top. And Z, this has been great. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been so much fun. Okay, another episode in the books. And I'll tell you what, I am loving this podcasting gig. I cannot thank you enough for all of the reviews, for the comments that you've been sending me. It gives me an idea of more of what you want to hear. And my one ask here is this. I would love it if you would screenshot this or hit the copy link and share this with people you think would benefit from hearing from me. It's the way I'm going to get my message out, my vision out, and I would so much appreciate it. I will continue to bring episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays with bonus ones on Saturdays with my husband, and I'm excited to share them with you. 